for you. Hey, welcome <laughs> to the Reality Is Podcast. <laughs> I'm Marty Anor. Oh, that would be nice in in, in Ramona voice. <laughs> and Luan. Benny Dolan. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. One of the top influential women. <laughs> and she's from Princesses Long Island. And she loves to go swimming. Oh, and neither of them sing cabaret. <laughs> oh my god oh all right well thank you guys so much if you're listening right now you know those voices it's ben and ronnie mm-hmm. from watch what happens hi congrats to you guys on your show you've been kicking butt oh my god thank oh my and we didn't intend to we just wanted to just vent about our lives and we were making each other laugh so you know no said well let's do a podcast yeah that's all that That's matters, right? How as long happens. as you've got one person there laughing. That's true. Well, actually, Ben kind of pushed me towards it with his September 30th National Podcast Day. Ben tweeted out that if you're ever thinking of doing a podcast, today's the day to do it. And so that was that was the day I said yes to Noor. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I totally remember sending that tweet out and like... <laughs> I, that's, I, I have such a distinct memory of that, and that was totally intentional. To <laughs> that was sent directly to me. Yeah, yes. now you guys are going <laughs> to freaking replace us, okay? You see, thanks oh, a lot, no. Ben. Okay, no, thanks no. a lot. <laughs> no, no, no. No, we are, we are expanding your empire is how I see it. We are, yeah. You are our pod daddies, yeah. and we are part of your network. We are part of the Watch What Crappens network. <laughs> that's a good thing. Okay? Well, we haven't thought of business. that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We bring in the brown women voice, you know, perspective, and we will go where you don't want to go. We'll get into get into the problematic stuff that you don't want to yeah. touch with the ten foot pole. Yeah. So great. The, yeah, this episode is going to be um, an hour and a half of you explaining why you're still friends with Hannah Burner. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I, I was like, how? I was like, how much time before Hannah comes up? No kidding. People hate Hannah Burner. Oh my God, people. Yeah. Hate her guts. I mean, look, the girl's annoying. I mean, I can see the girl's annoying and stuff. I'm not like you know blind, deaf, and dumb, but like, man, like hate her, hate they her, hate her, like Whoa. to a level that like actually baffles me. Listen, like I just have no problems with her. I don't know what it is. I feel FOMO that I'm not as annoyed as everyone else. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like, I think Han- I think I think Hannah's fine. Like I don't, I literally have no like I didn't like what came out about the stealing the jokes. Mm-hmm. I'm like, and I don't really know how to reconcile that with my feelings. So I've decided I just, it doesn't matter enough right now to <laughs> reconcile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to be like, okay. But I, I mean, listen, I, I love when people hate someone. I think that's part, that's part of Bravo is hating someone. Yeah. I just am like, every now and then a Bravo celebrity comes along that the audience, like to me just goes like, just hates and like to a level that I, I don't always understand, like uh, Landon on Southern Charm. Hannah oh, hated right her now. though. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, on the way. like, like, like landed know. like you hate, but like people. No, like... but I was there. Like I felt like it boiled in my blood. You know, it's like a Brandy Redman type of hate, where I'm like, Ugh! yes, like I can feel it, and it feels so good. I feel so alive. But the uh, Hannah hate, I don't really get. But it is, it really is contagious because I read so much of it on Facebook. Like so many posts are like, fuck Hannah. And then, um, like today, she she had some social media post with her boyfriend, who I think is like a yeah. total thirst bomb. But oh, yeah. they were doing like some TikTok, like funny, funny 
TikTok thing. And I was like, oh, just shut up. I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> it's wearing off like it's really contagious because now it comes on and I'm like, oh, just shut up, Hannah Burner. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I just I, I just have this thing where like. It's like I'm like with Ronnie here. Like I like I understand if people are like annoyed by her, be like, oh, she thinks she's so funny or whatever. But like the the depth of hatred that people mm-hmm. have, where they're saying that she's like w- like the worst person on Bravo, or the worst person on TV. They're mm-hmm. like blaming her for like QAnon or whatever. <laughs> like, like every single thing. Like I actually almost have to respect how much she's become so hated for doing. Honestly, like I like if you point to me all the stuff on Summer House that she's done that warrant like that level of hatred, I'm like. I don't get it, but I don't take it away from anyone yeah. because we all so have explain irrational it to us. Hates. Explain it to us. First of all, there's two kinds of hate, right? There's Tira and Brandy Redman kind of hate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there's Camille Grammer for season yeah. and Hannah Burner hate. So that's a whole, like you know, the villain hate. hate. They- villain hate. Villain hate versus actual person. I would not I sit in the <laughs> like. Lie in that. <laughs> I am with Hannah Burner. I'm more on the Camille Grammer, Kyle Richards, Hannah Burner. Okay. Hate. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Noor, on the other hand, puts Hannah Burner with. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no! Do not speak for me. Okay, you are about to get booted off the podcast right now, sister. Okay, now I think the Kyle Richards hate is probably the closest to the Hannah Burner hate for me, right? Which is like she's just a try hard. That's mm. why people don't like her. And I think the other thing is when she came on, she was very much like almost like the voice of the people. Like it was like, yeah. oh, there's like mm-hmm. a relatable girl. Like she's not off the charts hot, but she's like funny and spunky and cute. And now I've said this before. She, now she's just Kimmy Gibbler. Like now she's just annoying <laughs> and like just tries too hard. And I think shows like Summer House and Vanderpump Rules, I think they become way too aware of the social media aspect of things. Yeah. And I think that's mm-hmm. really been a downfall for Hannah. And I think it's just, you know, you you feel more disappointed by people who you feel like you relate more to. And I think that's why yes. there's such hatred for Hannah. Mm-hmm. The joke stealing oh, that's isn't well great. Explained. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. The joke's feeling so good. I just think it's like the danger of fucking a model. Honestly, it really is. Yeah. It's like it's like <laughs> someone wins the lottery and then they become an asshole. You know, you see it every day. Yeah. At least on that lottery dream show yeah. house. I love that house, Whatever. But uh, <laughs> oh my god, we are finding you a lottery dream house. This is amazing. And it's like some two bedroom with dirt the floors. I'm like, what lottery did you win? It's the worst. Oh, Five dollars. <laughs> At least it's not the Shirley Jackson kind. It's always terracotta floors in Florida. That's all it is every single time. (laughs) And like screened in porches. Yeah. I have a home to show you guys. I'll I'll text it to you guys. There's this home that I just I browse homes in Hilton Head because it's fun to do. like sunny and beach and everything and there's one home that's on sale right now that's grotesque it's like <laughs> it's like gold everywhere and it's for six million dollars or mm. something like that. that now just know we live you know well ronnie's not here right now but we are in la where like the whole like this whole la is home for like the overpriced beyond tacky gaudy mansion so you know there's like yeah. a lot riding on this you now. guys know uh-huh. i live in new jersey right that's true too you do live in new jersey i remember i remember are you telling me that <laughs> i could live in jersey because it's so cheap there i saw Teresa's house sold for like 2.4 million i mean the house is ugly mm-hmm. as hell but it's humongous it's huge yeah. i mean it sold for that much because nobody wanted to buy it it's literally on the side of a road like it's not a nice area and it's just a hideous house and that house has the equivalent of 
uh, wonky eyebrows with its windows. <laughs> oh, good. It's, and it's, it's also got a dead angel on the front door. Like, who wants yeah. that? Like, the angel wings? Like, what do you kill? What is this? Yeah. Like, your big game trophy? Of course, Joe Judice would murder a fucking angel to put on the front door. Yeah, know? he plucked the wings off an angel and took her down to Don't hell. Don't tell Sarah McLachlan. There's <laughs> <laughs> inspiration behind <laughs> <laughs> Teresa is the original broken bird. Yeah. Well, you know, she lives very close to rails. I would hope so. With the frequency that she goes there. My cut so my cousin is from New Jersey also. Yeah. Our kids go to the same school. We talked about that at the bar, right? I know we had a conversation at a bar in a corner. Yes. Um, Your kids go to the same school as my cousin. Melissa. Have you actually met my cousin? Outside of So I haven't met her, but I've met people within her circle, but I'd known of her, but yeah. And you know, my cousin Melissa has sort of like that same relationship with Jackie Goldschneider. So you are like, you kind of know of, kind of know of Jackie Goldschneider. (laughs) There you go. Done. Done. I could be in a parking lot celebrating my husband's birthday. Yeah. I remember that because I remember Nora saying um, that uh, she knew that Melissa was a total slut. And I was like, how do you know that? And then we... I said, I don't know. I mean, maybe Melissa's husband goes and gets, uh, you know, stuff done at the gym. (laughs) Just stuff, you know. He does stuff at the gym. (laughs) That stuff he does. Um, But anyway, Rails is like actually good like i mean i don't know if it's just you know i just feel that way because i'm like a suburban jersey mom but rails is like kind of good i mean i will believe it yeah but we did do a hangout there once and they did try to double charge us and like not tell it wasn't until somebody looked at their credit card statements that they noticed that rails had charged them twice and i was like yeah that sounds in line with the place that the gorgas would go to yeah (laughs) of course they're gonna charge you twice it's not called rail it's rails plural you're gonna get it's like one letter away from jail. What do you expect? <laughs> I believe, I firmly believe that New Jersey with all with all its like mafioso types has like very good steakhouses. I feel like that yeah. is one oh, thing. Yeah. That, like, aside from like yeah. Italian food, I feel like steakhouses are probably right. in, in, in doing just great in Jersey. Yeah, 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 they are. Yeah, they are. All right, guys. So, you know, Arthur and I have been doing this for like 35 seconds. And you guys have been doing this for so long. And and it really is like, I know Arthi felt like the tweet from you was a sign, but I've been harassing her to do this with me for a really long time. And there's a whole bunch of stuff in the universe that I feel aligned for us to be exactly where we are right now at this point, not to get like all hippy dippy with you. But you guys have inspired a lot of people. And yes. In more ways than just this like little passion project that like Arthi and I have. So I want to ask you guys, when you started doing this, and I know that there's, you know, a, a bit of a tale of how then you got involved and everything. But when you guys started doing this, I mean, what was your intention? And did you know that you were going to create such a community and have such an impact on so many people? I don't know what our intention was. I think our intention was that we we just came from a world of expressing our opinions through the blog. And, and we, we were doing Housewife Hoedown for the real talk networks and we just we're both kind of performative in different ways you know ronnie comes from like theater and improv i'm more of like a little bit of a writing background but we, we sort of have overlaps but we both have this i think kind of like an insatiable need to try to entertain people that probably stems from strange childhood <laughs> gay <laughs> issues Aww. and so um like for me i just liked having a platform where i could 
give my voice and then people would listen to it and give me feedback. I think at that point in my life, especially, I mean, kind of like at every point in my life, one thing that kind of like keeps me afloat is when people are like, oh my God, what, what you were saying, that was so funny. That was, I totally agree. That kind of is like fuel for me, which sounds totally narcissistic, but honestly, it's true. And so I think especially at that point, I was really unemployed. It was like, a, it was a whole bunch of yes at a time when I was facing a lot of no in my life. You were coming from a place mm-hmm. of no, and you wanted to be in a place of yes, Bethany. <laughs> well, I, was, <laughs> I wasn't coming from a place of no. I just was... In a place. Surrounded by no. <laughs> you were trapped, and I was you were trapped to get in no yes. rails. Okay. No. Like Los Angeles no is a very special kind of no. Yeah, I'm you know? sure. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, I was in LA to be an actor and stuff. So I was studying improv and performing a lot and taking classes and waiting tables. And I just want to laugh. Like I want to laugh and I want a laugh, you know? So that's really all I've ever wanted. Yeah. And when I found the TV blogging stuff with TVgasm, I was like, wow. Okay. So I don't have to prepare anything, right? Because you just, I mean, you have to take notes, obviously, and write the recap. But as far as like coming up with jokes, and I didn't have to do all that stuff that I always was so afraid of doing that I thought, oh, I would never be good at that, or I don't have what it takes to do this or whatever. It was just TV recaps. Nobody knew my name. You know, it was like a fake name. I was flip it. And so... (laughs) Be really ruthless and just vile and myself basically I could be myself. <laughs> and you know people were like oh that's great and so that gave me life I just love that and then when it came to the podcast part of it I was like nobody what is that a stupid it's some stupid thing on iTunes nobody listens to those like so what who cares Yeah, Yeah, but isn't it amazing how podcasts have taken off as a medium? It is just taken over to the point where all of the characters that we make fun of are also having their own podcast now. All the real housewives have their own podcast. It's really crazy. And, you know, thankfully we had such incredible foresight about the world. But um, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) We had no foresight. But I... I think also for me, I'm just thinking about it now as Ronnie was talking. At that time in my life, I was blogging full time, I believe. This is like 2012 or so. Mm-hmm. Prior to that, so I had blogged full time. My background is that I came to LA to be a writer. And then my friend Joe and I started up a TV blog that we eventually sold to Buna Murray. And then we were blogging full time. And then Ronnie came on board for that, right? That's the whole backstory. And then during that time, I actually um, had some success with my screenwriting career. And I wound up getting signed by an agency and it felt like the world was my oyster and everything was going to be happening. And like like my script was going to get made. McGee was attached as a producer. McGee was going to produce it. And then Mm -hmm. like there was a director and there was all this hype and I got to go to a premiere and I felt like I was like, ah, here I am. (laughs) I've made it, girls. And um, like it all kind of like went away. Was it Melrose Place? <laughs> was it Melrose Place? Melrose Place. It was called Bellrose Place. Um, <laughs> it was actually it was actually a it was actually a spec script with in retrospect a, uh-huh. a name that I never would have named it. And it was we knew the name was always going to change, but it was like a salacious name that would get development execs' attention, and it really did. <laughs> and I'll just say it because you could look it up. It's because it was in the trades. It was a script. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, goodbye audience. Goodbye, Crappen's audience. The script was called "Dead Girls Don't Bitch," <laughs> which is not. Yeah. A- God, <laughs> you know, I, I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad but at actually, it. It's it not was, a lie. It's very Jersey-like. Was it set in Jersey? It was a very aggressive <laughs> name by Joe Judice. <laughs> 
It actually was not. It was basically about a, it was about a guy who was in a relationship with this awful woman, and but he was too much of a pussy to get out of it, and so and then she dies, and then everyone is like, "Oh my god, we're like we're so sorry for like your loss. Here, have these season tickets to this game. Oh, here you should get a promotion." He starts like getting everything because she died, and then he's like, "Oh, I loved her so much. She was so wonderful. I I miss her dearly." And then he meets a new girl, and then he falls in love with a new girl, and it turns out the the original girl who he thought was dead never actually died, and she comes back. She's like, "Oh my god, I heard all the nice things you've been saying about me." And oh, I love romantic it. hijinks. <laughs> I love it. Sorry, see here, I'm like that has nothing to do with anything. No, the reason why I was going to do this. No, I never knew that whole thing. That's interesting to know. You know, it was a whole thing. You know who is who would easily join that script if we could get some money? Maybe Ron, um, Rand. Oh yeah. Oh, it's totally it. an M- and M- Jax. Jax could be totally that guy. Mm-hmm. Jax could totally be that guy. Yes. It would be awesome. Yeah. Then it becomes really violent when it's Jax with anything makes it just sound more violent. You know, like I feel bad for whoever has to audit Jax. That's got to be a terrifying job. But I was just listening. Right. I was just driving the other day, and I was thinking about what you were saying, RT. How like this podcasting has become so huge. I was thinking, isn't it funny? It's really like the old days when you hear about people listening to stories on the radio. I mean, and especially because uh-huh. they're all murder podcasts, right? Like everything is a murder podcast, right. <laughs> and I listen to a lot of them. I love Dateline. Oh, and then he came yeah. in and found the bed. I love that one. And um, they were doing an ad for the next podcast coming up, and it was it was something like the woman thought she found the man she loved. I was like, I'm just driving around listening to like old timey radio in the 19 in like 1915. You know, I love the old timey radio voices. Yeah. yeah, they have the most dulcet sounds, yeah. and they're the best yeah. voices. And now yeah. it's all just us, right? Well, <laughs> Whatever our voices. Because we're basically untethered from like the constraints of the medium, right? Like that we could talk about right. a subject for two hours if we want to, and there's no there's no commercial break that we're obligated. Like we're we're not obligated to fit into a thirty mm-hmm. minute slot on NBC. You know, we can right. just we can just right. do yeah. our thing, and and people can listen for as long as they want to listen. And the reason why I was I made, I went into a, a, a tangential monologue about the life and career of Ben Mandelka <laughs> is that. <laughs> All that stuff was happening, and then, like, the movie never got made, and the opportunities dried up. I got dropped by the agency, mm-hmm. and I really lost my inspiration to write, and I was like, you know what I'm going to be? I'm going to be a blogger. I'm going to just focus full-time on my blog, because blogs were taking off. And the podcast was actually part of a way to make my blog grow. I think it was not about making the po- mm-hmm. doing a podcast. Mm-hmm. It was more like, oh, we'll do a podcast, promote the blog, and make it a whole thing. So it's kind of funny that the blog is now, like, basically dead and the podcast is what survives yeah isn't that yeah. funny so i wonder what the next medium is going to be where it, it, clubhouse clubhouse which is just a phone call <laughs> i know by it's, the just, way. it's a phone call yeah it's it all goes backwards yeah it's so you're not on video no, no it's it's like i'm an android if you can tell no it's like one of those chat lines <laughs> like there's not it, i've been on now i will say i did join is it a meeting a clubhouse mm-hmm. meeting yeah, uh-huh. yeah a clubhouse a phone call i dialed into yeah. a clubhouse and it was fine, but it was really funny that I was like, "Oh, we're we're definitely regressing." Like, yeah, you go back. We went from like Party TV shows to yeah. podcasts to like we're just gonna get on the yeah, phone and the chat next with thing, our friends. Right. The next big thing is gonna be just doing plays in your living room for your parents. You know? I know. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey guys, have you ever heard of this cool toy? It's basically like a hoop with a stick, and you just run around with it. It's like, oh my god. <laughs> Wait, but also doing plays in the living room for your parents. I mean, that's TikTok, right? Like, it isn't is. that just what TikTok is? 
kind of, like, except where you don't give a crap what your room. parents think. I mean, you should see these kids do TikTok. <laughs> it is disgusting. Okay, you know that movie that came out where everyone was just so horrified by the sexualizing the children? Yeah, it was like kitties or candies or something. Yeah, or... yeah what was it yeah. called? It's like candy butts. I mean, something so stupid, like whatever it was. Yeah. Something. <laughs> but it was like basically a dramatization of what they do on TikTok, and it is fucking horrifying. My niece did. Okay, well, we can yeah. see each other on video. The audience can't see us, but my niece did this dance move. She's like twerking, first of all. Okay, and she's like twelve. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. She's twerking with a huge smile on her face, and then she stands up and does this with her fist, like <laughs> with this basically oh my God. Double, like two dicks in your face, you know. And I was like, what? You know, and I freaked out. Do you know what that means? She said it's the dance move. She's doing it right here you just copy what they do and i was so yeah. mad i was yeah. like you tell me who choreographed this march down there <laughs> it's tommy tune yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> tommy tune. you know um going back to the thing about how you guys started or ben you started this because of this feeling that you had both of you have of just wanting to entertain people maybe it stems from some sort of childhood feeling mm-hmm. when you are gay or when you are growing up knowing that you're going to be fitting into a marginalized space as an adult i think that's probably something that our and I really truly understand because you know we didn't have a situation happen like what you've described or anything but like both Arthi and I found this project or found Crappens and found the community at a time when things were not great for us and then there is something I think both of us have of like pleasing people in some way you know and I and there's a theme that we've both agreed that we have and we've seen this theme on Bravo which is the immigrant child and their struggle of feeling like they need to fit in somewhere right mm-hmm. we're seeing it with like mm-hmm. Wendy Osefo and Tiffany Moon, we both, I feel, got to a point in our lives where we were like, okay, we did all the things, right? We checked off all the boxes mm-hmm. that South Asian women living in heteronormative like relationships are supposed to do. We had the kids and the house and the husband and everything. And we were like, but we we feel like we haven't fulfilled what we've ever wanted to do, right? Mm-hmm. Like we did all the things that like culture and society and patriarchy expects of us, but we hit a wall of like, okay, well, when am I going to feel like I'm fulfilled? And I think that we definitely started to feel some sort of spark from just listening to you guys and then engaging in the community and making those friendships. And it sounds really corny and I'm going to try not to cry right now. Oh, please cry. Make me feel so cool. (laughs) 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 But, you know, going back to that thought of wanting to entertain people or wanting to feel some sort of like I'm doing good in the world. It does come from a place of growing up in a in a culture and just society as a whole, like it's not great to women, but especially growing up in a culture where women aren't really supposed to have a voice that's even boisterous, right? Like even growing up, you're told like, don't laugh that hard or don't, don't, you know, smile that big or whatever. Being part of the Crappens community made me feel like, okay, well, maybe I am funny. Yeah. And then meeting the friends and just doing this podcast has made me feel like, well, maybe my voice is worth actually getting out. Maybe I don't need to stifle my laugh and maybe I can smile really big. And you guys have like empowered us to actually enjoy ourselves Uh in a way. Well, you've empowered us to do that because like to put it in more of a crass way than you just put it, my thing, what I've always loved is just saying, fuck you, you know, because I'm not allowed, I'm not a woman, obviously, but growing up as a gay man in in Texas and all of that, it's like, you know, you had to be a certain way and I wasn't. And the only way I could really 
survive was to make people laugh. It's like either that or get your ass kicked, you know? So mm-hmm. I kind of became really sarcastic and I just love saying fuck you. And so when I was able to do it in this way, in like a fun way, like I really got to let go of a lot of bitterness and a lot of the stuff that was tied to that kind mm-hmm. of attitude. It was always like a very self-defensive attitude. And now it's not mm-hmm. at all, you know? I don't feel really bitter yeah. now. I don't have yeah. a lot yeah. of those things that I've spent my whole life feeling because I don't know. I've And I've worked so much out on the show, like just being able to sit yeah. and talk because we don't realize mm-hmm. people are, no one is there. It's just us talking yeah. on the phone, you know? We're so comfortable <laughs> with each other that, you know, we can get through a lot of real issues. We also, Ron and I yeah. have a lot of conversations also before, like off the air too. Like they'll sign on and we'll sort of like vent to each other about this or that. And that's also very helpful yeah. to actually have, yeah. like without the podcast, I really don't know if I, I don't have someone that I can, um, you know, like just do that with. It's different. You know, I've got best friends. I got a boyfriend, all that, but there's, but there's certain, there's certain things that like, I yeah. can only really vent to Ronnie mm-hmm. about, right. That he truly right. gets on a certain way or just stupid, like petty things. Right. Where it's like, I got to get this petty thing out. I know you'll understand yeah. it. And like, did you out. read that comment on Instagram on so-and-so's yeah. page? It's pretty much just that. It's pretty much did you read that comment. But like, I, I think that um, the voice thing is is really important. And I, I do actually really encourage people to start podcasts, um, especially people who are like thinking about it. I always encourage people just get up and fucking do it because the longer you wait, the more, the more difficult it's going to be. But also mm-hmm. like, even if it never becomes a huge success, even if it's just a thing, a small hobby, being able to actually get your voice out there is, it has a lot of therapeutic qualities. And I don't think I realized how important it was for me and like my um, self-help health. Self-love self, uh, or whatever. Whatever. I can't yeah. remember the... No, but it's like, you know, when you, uh, like when you treat your, you pamper yourself, that's like self care, yeah. self care. Yeah. By the way, I can't remember anything anymore. It's like, I'm going to blame the pandemic. Yeah. But, oh, it gets worse, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> You're like the opposite of the Trevor project. <laughs> I'm like, what's that word? Yeah. <laughs> self something. But, um, it doesn't, get better. <laughs> it doesn't get better, but I don't think I realized how much, because during that time I really was. I was at a place where, again, like I, I felt a little bit like a has been. I was watching friends of mine succeed and go further in life. I was seeing friends who I started out with here in LA become like very successful, successful writers. And I was sitting here mm-hmm. calling myself a blogger. And I think I, I'm sort of like with Ronnie on this that um, it was giving me a voice in a way that I didn't realize. But at that time, I thought it was just oh, this is just like a fun thing. I'm doing a romp, but it was actually fulfilling a much deeper thing for me it was like scratching an itch it was making me feel i think some sort of um control in a life that was feeling exceedingly out of control and sort of disappointing right so i feel the same way because uh, first of all you guys and this is not just me i know there's so many other geraldines in our group that absolutely will say the same things you guys brought me out of the depths of depression because i was going through some um, personal stuff that was completely had devastating stated me and I was I couldn't make myself laugh I hadn't laughed for months wow. and then I started God, I can't imagine listening you not to... laughing I've always every time I think of you <laughs> right? and laughing and just having because I guess I always see you and we're all having we're, it's at a bar you know we're usually <laughs> right <laughs> and I do have a big laugh yeah. so it was it was the hardest thing ever and then um then I discovered you guys I discovered Real Housewives of Orange County first and then I discovered you guys mm-hmm. and 
And the first time I laughed out loud was when I was listening to you guys recap episode two or three or something like that. And I was like, okay, I've never been a fan of anybody. I don't have a favorite singer, favorite movie star, none of it. But I'm truly, truly a fan of you guys because I truly wanted you to succeed and wanted to, you know, hear more. I've listened to you talk about anything and everything. So I truly loved you guys right from the start because you truly saved me from being in a very, very dark place, whether you realize or not, you made me laugh at the simplest, simpler things in life. So that's mm. what how I see it. Like you could watch a Real Housewives show and not, there's a group of people that will watch it and be annoyed with it. And there's another group that wouldn't be completely indifferent to it. But the group that we are part of finds humor yeah. in it. You find that humor there. And that made me, that's truly saved me. Oh, and then with Noor, what helped me was that I have come to a point where I have lived my life so structured, going to school, going to grad school, get, getting into work, getting all of the stuff that it's always been a ladder to the next thing, right? So this is the first time that I'm doing something with no expectations mm. whatsoever. I no pressure on myself, no it. expectation. And that's what's making me love yeah. this even more because this is truly something I'm doing for myself to laugh and to enjoy and I, I listen to our podcast even though I hate the sound of my voice I do <laughs> listen to it because I want to hear myself laugh does that make sense yes. like I yeah. I get I get a rush of endor- endorphins just from listening to myself laugh because I don't notice when I laugh mm-hmm. but listening to my own podcast helps me realize I had oh, happy you're laughter baiting so. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I think you guys so have cute. exactly. You guys have a great exactly. attitude about this. You guys have a great attitude yeah. because make a toy, make a toy for that, Joe. Do that. Do, do, do that. Laugh what you do? You know, the thing is this: if people, um, oh, apparently, I guess is that my phrase that I say? Someone online was like, "Is that is that Bueller losing his mind?" That, no, no, that's, her that's dog. my dog. It's fine. What, what's your dog's name? It's it's. Is Harold. Oh. Harold. Uh-oh. Archie had Harold to about away. to get his ass beat. Archie turned off <laughs> the camera. Harold, Archie's like, Archie, I just confessed my soul and you are going Harold. to upstage me. I love her. He's about to take a fly swatter to the face. Is this going to be in the podcast? Please keep it in the podcast. Please. I want to hear. I love this. I love this. Like Archie's like, I hadn't laughed in five years. And anyway. next time we see Artie, we're going to be like, how's Harold? And she'll be like, who? I don't have a dog. I love that Artie, though she Harold. turned off her camera, the... but she didn't turn off her bike. I know. <laughs> Harold, Harold, apple juicy. Doesn't have the same name. You find, if Harold winds up at Vanderpump Pets, we're going we're gonna to have to plant some stories about Artie in, in Radar Online. What? Oh, there, there goes what? Harold. Harold just scampered away on the video as if he were like like as like no, a that stage was manager like a stage manager at a local thing like you didn't see me move that stool get Andy and the camera <laughs> that was Bella you haven't seen Harold oh yet oh my gosh that was that Bella. So we're Harold she's the ever. quiet one <laughs> Harold was just <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I was just, I think I was just going to say that you guys have the right mindset because I think that it's really hard right now to kind of like be an out of the box success with podcasting because I think the podcast mm-hmm. industry has really started to consolidate itself. And now these places are like Wondry or wherever are kind of like the way studios are with, with movies and TV. And mm-hmm. so now people are like, if they want to have like a high profile podcast that has all the, you know, like all the, like the press and all that stuff, you have to go pitch it to these platforms and it's a whole thing. You know, I think that some people are like, we're going to start a podcast. That's going to be huge. And they put like all this pressure on themselves and they burn out. And I think if you just are like, mm-hmm. we're just going to do our, do our thing. We're going to be authentically ourselves. And it might take five or six years, but you'll, we'll, we'll hopefully find an audience and it'll go from there. I think well, that's there's such no a good way, way to like to really it. gauge the success either, right? I mean, there's not like one yeah. standard way. Mm-hmm. You can't look at the numbers. Mm-hmm. You can't, there's no, there's no yeah. ratings where you can look and see like, here's what we got this week compared to what they got this week. You have no idea. Like we have no idea yeah. how we rank right. or we just do the same thing. We can't thing all be shenanigans. All, we have no idea. Yeah. We, so it kind of, <laughs> it kind of is good because it keeps you humble and. I mean, who yeah. cares? Like, if, if if this ends, I'll just yeah. say fuck you in some other way and just be fine. You know, and if I wait tables again, I'll be fine. Who cares? I'm just kind of, uh, I just want to make, like, really shitty jokes wherever I am and just yeah. laugh and have fun, so. Do you guys see yourself expanding and doing something different on top of this? I know you have doing so many shows mm-hmm. already. Plus, you have all the extra one-offs that come along, like, well, hello. Yeah. So do you see yourself, like, doing something else on the side? I mean, you are going to start doing live shows soon, sooner, I yeah. hope. Live shows will be coming back. Nora's vaccinated. I don't know how she got vaccinated before oh I did. I supposed to be every episode. I am the auntie and she's the niece. So I don't know how the niece got vaccines before the auntie did. But uh, I just, you know, I live in New Jersey. I went to Rails. Rails. <laughs> you got, you got your shots in an order of calamari. <laughs> It comes with every rail teeny. There's like a little like IV in there with an olive on it. Um, yeah, uh, yeah live shows are the live back. shows. Yeah, those are going to come back hard. I mean, there are like a lot yeah. right in a row. Like we're going, they're going to, those are going <laughs> to, that'll be interesting. Yeah, we're excited to announce that. Possibly, hopefully do some more Dwell Hello. We're not sure yet. We find out probably next month or so. And yeah, I mean, look, it's been almost 10 years and I'm not, war- mm-hmm. I'm surprisingly not worn out like i still no. have fun yeah. like today was just a rough day we were recapping real housewives of atlanta and married to medicine and we we're like over it like they're so boring and so it was just one of those days where we came to work like fuck this like this is ridiculous <laughs> like we were even bitching yeah. about it on the show yeah. But it was still so fun, you know? Like, even the worst days are so fun. So yeah. I feel burnt out. But yeah, I mean, we have to do... How long are Housewives even going to be around? You know? Yeah. Like, we've, we're we going to yeah. eventually be hopefully doing something else. We're both... You know, I still want to perform in other ways. And Ben still wants to write in other ways. So hopefully yeah. it's together. Mm-hmm. But yeah, always looking. I think that we... Yeah. I think yeah. that we're, like, kind of, like, bound to each other for life. <laughs> Sorry, Ronnie. Um, because <laughs> we work really well together. It's been 10 years. We, like... We really haven't had any dust ups or anything. Like sometimes there'll be a moment and then it'll be like a conversation. <laughs> sometimes there'll be a moment I'll be like, Ronnie, I feel this way. And then we'll both wind up apologizing to each other for like 30 minutes. And then we Aww. like hug. Like <laughs> we don't really have fights. We just have like intense apology sessions. Oh, I love yeah. that. But we actually like, we oh. really, really, really work well together. Like we we really have not had, yeah. a, like, never had like a, like a true fight ever. Well, it's also nice to just have friends where there's no drama, you know. Neither one of us are big drama people, you know, so yeah. that's good. Mm-hmm. We just like enjoy being friends. Like, yeah. We sort of fill each other out. Like there's certain things 
where like Ronnie is good at taking the lead at, and there's certain things that hopefully I'm good at taking the lead at. And I think that we just sort of like work well in that way. And for sure, we want to just keep on like building and expanding because I think we like, I just have an insatiable need to still want to like take over the world in many ways. And so, you know, we're going to, we're going to see like, we're, we're definitely trying to, you know, keep our options open. And during the pandemic, there hasn't been much that we can do to take over the world, except just watch more TV. But um, for <laughs> sure, for sure, we want to just keep on building and growing it out. Yeah, yeah, I imagine that in the the very first live show you guys are going to do is going to be that scene in Beverly Hills where Dorit shows up at the car dealership. <laughs> and they're like, <laughs> Young ladies. Ladies. <laughs> is that a dog making that noise in there? Does, does the dog make a noise after we made it? Look at your dog. Is that Harold? Is that Harold? No. That's no, Bella. That's Bella. Oh, she is Bella. Oh, she's Bella. the quiet Look one. She talks, ways. but she's quiet. How cute. <laughs> that was actually something we were going to ask you guys also is, you know, have you guys ever had like a housewives level like drag out fight and who's been the first one to apologize? But it sounds no, like, really. you know, that doesn't really happen. Ben and I have this in common. Awesome. We fight dirty with people in our own minds. And then when we <laughs> actually are with that person, we're like, hey, how are you? You know? So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Arthi and I are definitely the same way. The other day, Arthi just texted me. Sorry. She sent me like a very polite text message about recording. Recording. And then she responded saying, sorry, had a bad day. I was like, what are you apologizing to me for? <laughs> she was like, yeah, I was I was just having a bad, annoying day. And I was like, Kurt to everybody. And I thought maybe I was Kurt to her, but I wasn't. I yeah, I was she was, I was like, you're being perfectly nice. But I think it's like this thing that we have where like, we always joke, like, even if somebody tries to cancel us, like, we'll just apologize. Like, we'll just say sorry. We, we made like an off. It was like not, like, not a great People joke. People try to about, cancel you guys? Nobody tried try to cancel us. Right, nobody just... listens to us to okay. cancel us. Not Harold a lot of people dog. listen. Was... <laughs> they just got canceled by Harold right now. He's like, <laughs> So, no, but we, we made like a not great joke about how maybe Deandra's real father passed away and it's already, not important. Okay, but I'm anyway, already laughing. I don't know. We'll tell you. Like we'll tell joke. you. And so we laughed about it and then somebody very politely messaged us. Nobody was being mean to us. They were very polite too. They were like, yeah. oh, hey, like just so you know, this is what that means. So we just proactively went and like apologized because one, we always think people are mad at us. Yeah. So we will apologize. And then two, in our minds, things are just way meaner than they actually are. Mm -hmm. So then we then will apologize anyway. So we will ca we'll cancel ourselves yeah. before. That's good. I mean, you probably didn't have to apologize for that. But you know what? By doing that, it shows that you are thinking about someone else's feelings. Because what I've learned from my therapist is that like a lot of times when these things happen, when people, when people will send a message or whatever – it's really about what's going on in their lives and their life experience that mm -hmm. has led up to that moment. And it's, it's, there's some projection or whatever. Uh, but like a lot of times people just want to know, want to feel heard. And we're just sitting here talking about 
how we all like having our voices, yada, yada, yada. And, you know, Mm -hmm. there are other people that that have things to say. Mm -hmm. And so you don't always have to even agree, probably don't even have to apologize. But as long as you let that person feel like they are heard and that what they have to say has the capability of actually like maybe impacting you, that goes a long way. So by you just even apologizing on the air, you probably don't have to, but it just shows like a thoughtfulness for your audience that will, and that's that kind of thing that will, you know, I would then what you do is you block the asses okay yeah then you, then you go on <laughs> and then you talk <laughs> shit about them before you go on the air yeah. welcome, then write welcome their to the podcaster right write their names down <laughs> and then you pay 1999 yeah. for a search online and find out all their dirty shit and then write back it up. It up. and yep <laughs> Well, you know, the other thing is, too, I mean, one thing that's tricky is that, you know what they always say in comedy, you got to know your audience, right? And what's tricky with Mm -hmm. podcasting is you actually kind of don't know your audience. You think you you think you know, but really your your Mm -hmm. shit's just going out to like literally the world, like literally the world. I mean, you know, you know, like literally Meghan Markle could be listening right now. And oh, my gosh. But you don't always know your audience. Oh, my God. We are hoping for Meghan Markle. We're probably Meghan McCain listening. (laughs) Yeah, Meghan McCain. Yeah, I know. God bless her. Yeah. 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 American Uh, royalty. Yeah, I think we think we know our listeners. I mean, we thought we knew the Krapitz community, too. And there's times where somebody posts and we're like, you know what? What are you doing here? Did you get lost? Well, that's the thing. the thing The thing is that, like, when you don't know your audience, sometimes a joke that you make doesn't really land the way it's supposed to, right? Like a joke that you make with your friends is going to be different than a joke you might make with your coworkers, right? And there's a reason for that yeah. because the different yeah. audiences require different mm-hmm. kind of jokes. And you can't blame the audience. Mm-hmm. If you make a joke and your audience doesn't get it, that's uh, that's your fault. And yeah. so uh, it just is, it's tricky because you have to kind of like, you know, no, Ronnie's saying Ronnie no. doesn't agree with that. Fault. Ronnie is from stand-up world. Wait, that nah. ain't my fault. Within, within reason. Within reason. I'm kidding. Yeah, I'm kidding. Within reason. I mean, like, if it's fun yeah. when we can all see each other and you can just make faces, not talk. I mean, there are some jokes. There are some jokes where if someone gets into a huff about it, at a certain point, you do have to say, listen, this is a joke that we're going to stand behind this joke. And if you don't get it, you're not right for yeah. this community. You know? I'm always yeah. surprised. Yeah. I'm often surprised at what really gets people mad because sometimes I'll we'll finish and I'm like, I'm going to get grilled for it. Like, I'm going to get dragged for making that joke. It was so mm-hmm. mean. But I'm not going to cut it because I really liked it, you know? And then nobody says anything. But it's like, then you'll get a letter like, how could you be so mean to redheads? Do you know how hurtful (laughs) the word ginger is? And you said that she had squinty eyes. And how is that different from what she said about? And I'm like, well, if I, in my mind, I'm like, if I have to explain to you how that's different, like saying Brandy Redman squints her eyes when she talks, because she does, it's just part of her impression. I'm trying to explain what my eyes are actually doing while I'm doing her stupid voice or whatever. Like if I have to explain that to you, but also, you know, that lady has feelings and she's probably had, she's probably had her, feelings hurt a lot or called ginger or whatever but i'm like it's not that deep this mm-hmm. isn't england okay yeah. yeah ginger we have ginger rogers yeah. or whatever i'll get worked up in my mind like well how am i gonna <laughs> deal with defense. this and i'll think about it for three days like what am i gonna say to the ginger yeah. lady <gasps> don't say ginger, don't say ginger. <laughs> and then we stay together yeah that's why we need each other because we have to like vent about like the ginger lady <laughs> <laughs> So it, it is like, you know, how like Jensha, Jensha can have experienced discrimination, but she still is not black and she cannot co-op that. Well, thanks yes. for saying that. I think he's getting then, right into it. Thanks for saying yes. that because nobody has said that. And I'm like, 
what the hell? Like, yeah. you can't. Yeah. Yeah. It, it yeah. really bugged me. And I'm like, well, I guess that's not really my place to say. You know, sometimes yeah. I've had to yeah. learn, like, this isn't really your, <laughs> this isn't your battle right now. Like, sh- maybe that's it, it would we, be wise. To right. So the same with, we have to learn. I think same with Anila in Married to Medicine. Like, yeah. Anila has had her experiences of discrimination mm-hmm. and she is definitely discriminated, but she cannot say that she shares the same experiences right. well, as she's more, Contessa she's at does, least right? more so, aware because she said that she was like i get yeah. that it's saying mm-hmm. like i'm not saying i have mm-hmm. experienced your life as a black woman i'm just saying i've also experienced right yeah like she had a little bit more of a handle on it whereas jen was right. like right you use the word aggressive you 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 know it's like the fight the yeah. the line for me i was just cringe that was so cringe for me and then the reaction right. to it how heather reacted like well but you are aggressive and you're being fucking aggressive right now and then i was that mm-hmm. was kind of cringe too like the reaction to it was cringe and i was like who am yeah. i cringing less at right yeah. now yeah. And then, <laughs> did you guys notice? I'm sure you did. But the next three weeks, two or three weeks after that, like Married to Medicine and Atlanta have all had scenes where they're like, you are being aggressive. And it wasn't, you aggressive, know, yes. calling Kenya yeah. aggressive. Yes. Like everyone's calling each other aggressive. And then I'm cringing. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God. It's like I start getting this like old white lady cringe where I'm like, oh, yeah, we, we can't <laughs> You were you were feeling very Nancy instead of Ronnie, but we are. You know, it's a. We're trying to. We're we're constantly all, like while well, we're trying to find that balance of like you know saying being funny and like being opinionated, but respecting our audience and respecting like sort of new norms about you know what is appropriate yeah, and, like, yeah. and understanding that you know I mean things just change and I, like I I don't want to hear from someone who is like you can't say this anymore it's like yeah that's exactly correct and that's just what li- that's life I'm sorry but that's life things change standards change mm. and um yeah. and so like we're kind of like you know we're like learning what is what are things that like we it's not like we're allowed to weigh on or not allowed to weigh on we can weigh on anything we want to weigh mm-hmm. on it's 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 our podcast mm-hmm. but it's more like weighing in on things in a way where we don't want any we never want anyone in our audience to to be like they are talking about my personal experience they have no idea and that's bullshit yeah. like we don't mm-hmm. want anyone to feel that way when, yeah. when we're all we're trying to do is crack jokes like it's not worth it to us mm-hmm. we just want yeah. to be funny it's not worth right. it to us to and have that's... people in our audience feel that way and that's part of the stuff with Jen Shaw that I think was so frustrating is really if you just strip everything away from it and you just look at it as a housewives like someone who we've all watched a ton of housewives over the years and you just see who she is like she's a tryhard she the second she gets called on anything she whips out the like that was racist you can't say that because she got caught in something Mm -hmm. and so you can see all this stuff happening but it's like like you still to comment on that and to say like I think one of the biggest things we've all learned really in the past few years you don't just say like you can't say that's racist no it's not who the fuck am i to say that <laughs> you know yeah. like i'm not, exactly. I'm not walking in those shoes and it's not my place to say that yeah. and so it's an interesting uh yeah. it's an interesting place to be in where it's like okay i completely disagree with jen shaw and i think that she's using that as an excuse right now to get out of but then on the other hand who am i to, it's not like i would never say never faced yeah. racism. Right, I don't want to dismiss. Dealt with that, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah we're, we're yeah. trying yeah. to be more aware of, like, just dismissing a perspective that, to us, it's like, okay, she's just, like, using that to get out of an argument. But, like, we don't want to be dismissive of someone who may have actually a very valid claim. Because a lot of these issues are very gray. And so it isn't as simple as, like, mm-hmm. yes or no. Like, 
And um, her claim was correct. The actual on the face of it, that claim was correct. You don't just, Mm -hmm. you know, when you when you tell a person of color, like a woman of color, especially you're being aggressive. Like we all know that, you know, we we all Mm -hmm. four of us know that. Right. Um, So she's it's like her her claim is correct. But the way that she used it in that moment isn't. And it's like, what's Mm -hmm. more important right now? Calling that out or just or just like just laughing about the absurdity of the fight. Finding comedy in other parts of the the show. Right. That's why uh, Meredith just disengaged and wasn't even listening to the whole thing. She was like, I didn't even hear you say anything. I think think you guys do actually a really, really good job of the the thing that I absolutely love about Watch What Crappens is that you guys are always like, listen, all of these people are bad people. Like Mm -hmm. (laughs) nobody is saying that any of these people are like without fault. Like we, there's never been anybody on Bravo that is like truly an angel person. Like people love Stephanie Holmes but it turns out like she's maybe a monster in real life you know what I mean like there's everybody on Bravo is bad and one of the best things I've learned from you guys is like don't get behind a single horse because you're going to be very disappointed (laughs) and the way that you guys even talk about these things is I always feel like any criticism about them unless it's like obviously super egregious like Leanne or that kind of stuff you guys are always like but also this person is a piece of shit like we're also annoyed with them because of who they are not necessarily because that they're of course because they're racist is bad but it's also because they're just like annoying like i don't like a lot of people on bravo because they're annoying like going back to hannah like people don't like her because she's annoying she's not necessarily like a problematic person in the way that we're talking about being problematic in 2020 or 2021 but she's annoying Mm -hmm. and i think i we always try to remind people like we do talk about the problematic stuff on bravo but there's also plenty of other reason there's so much other fuel they give you to just like not like them because they're annoying human beings like and Jen Shaw, aside from her being potentially an alleged felon, is mm. that she's an annoying person. Yeah, she's, she's a tryhard. She's try she's, yeah. she's just irritating to watch. Well, I think that's why so, people. I yeah. think that's why people just deeply hate Hannah. To have deep like Captain Sandy and Malia. People hated them no. this past <laughs> yeah. year. We, Landon, we talked about. There are others because I think you know, it's like, it's not just annoying. I actually, my theory is, and I'm, I'm basing this also off the people I've bounced off of on Bravo is that usually these people in, uh, remind us of someone in our lives a little too, yep. too much. And so that's why yep. when you have like a really big cartoony person like Ramona, she's so ridiculous, but uh, like, she's, she's truly an awful, like, like a deeply awful person, <laughs> and, like right. documented, awful. She's on the wrong side of every important issue. She's on the wrong side of like everything. And yet she's kind of a national treasure for for us because she's almost a cartoon, right? But then someone like Hannah mm-hmm. or someone like Malia is actually like a little bit too normal. And I think that the normalcy actually makes them relatable to our lives. And so then people yeah. like there is a there is just like a different vibe. It's you know, like if there's just something that comes out. And yeah. you know, and then what happens is is that everyone starts saying, like, I don't want this person on my TV. I don't want them on my TV. I don't want them. I'm like, listen, guys, storytelling, you gotta have a villain. I'm sorry. Like we can't just yeah. be, like yeah, we can't be, be kicking off people because we don't know? like them. Like today, well, I was yeah. yelling, "Get yeah, off my TV!" Who was I yelling yeah. that at today? I was like, "Get off my! I'm done with you!" I was screaming. Kenya probably. At Kenya, a Kenya. lot of Atlanta. Oh, Contessa, 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 Contessa. Yeah, Contessa it's like, yeah. You bring nothing, and then to substitute for bring, bringing nothing, you just drag your family. You drag your husband. Mm-hmm. You know, she's mm-hmm. just gross. Like she's just gross. It's like you do nothing. Yeah. And 
and you just like subject us all to your terrible relationship. And people in real life who do that make me nuts because I'm always single. You know, that's like my thing. I'm going to die alone on purpose. I love it. Wouldn't have it any other way. But I've always been single. So I whenever I'm friends with someone and they start dating third wheel Ronnie, here he comes, you know, and I've been in the middle of so many couples fighting all the time. And then they try and pull you to their side. And nah, nah, nah. and so it's always just made me crazy. And so when I see that in someone, I'm like, don't drag me into this Contessa. Like it has nothing to do with yeah. it. It's a yeah. real it's life so thing. mad. <laughs> I'm like, this is supposed yeah. to be my birthday dinner, Contessa. <laughs> What? Yeah. No, I totally get it. And, but you would go into Toya's threesome there. I'm not. I'm barely into twosomes. Like a threesome is way, way That's too exhausting. much. Shifting Toya. my face, you know. Like uh, I can only have my face. I'm like Sheena. I can only have a certain angle that you see. You know, the pillow has. To be I just think the people that should not be on Bravo, I think, are the ones that are not giving themselves over to it. So the ones that are not are not yeah. offering anything. I mean, yeah, Contessa, mm-hmm. I don't think is... I, Contessa, I feel like, actually is offering stuff. She's just, just, she just like, not an interesting person to me She's, like the, I, worst, I've been, yeah. I've she's like the worst tray her. carrier at a party. She's offering things, but it's like the carrot sticks, you know? <laughs> it's like, get the fuck out and send yeah. the popcorn yeah. shrimp over, you know? <laughs> so who's more... Who's, who's worse, Teddy or Contessa or Jackie? Because Jackie actually doesn't do much either. Wait, Jackie, Jackie has things done to her. Yeah, she has no, stuff Jackie done Schneider. to her, and then it becomes a story. I'm, I'm going to take her out of this But she doesn't have a... I'm going to disengage stuff. Jackie from this, because Jackie, <laughs> she does have things done, for, but she stands up for herself really well, and yes, she does not power. Yes. Um, she just... You know, she's the her. only person to really, really stand up to. Ter- I mean, Melissa used to, yeah. but she calmed it down. And yeah. you need someone to be like, "Shut up, Teresa." <laughs> you know, I think Jackie has earned. Yeah, her that's place. true. I think. Um, yeah. yeah, Teddy. This is like Wait, a house address where we take versus... out we take out the worst house in the beginning. Yeah. So we'll remove the worst <laughs> yeah. house. We, now, between, Teddy and now it's between the worn down, the worn down stick house in the woods, Teddy Mellencamp, or. The uh, who is the other one? Contessa or the condo in the city with a loud drip? <laughs> it's like house, house <laughs> bus hunters. Like which house of the three houses? Which is the house we're gonna like burn down? Um, Teddy. That's that is a hard question. Yeah, Teddy by I, far because yeah. at least Contessa's her own person and she like works yeah. hard and like I respect yeah. her as a human being. You know, whereas Teddy yeah, is gross. True. She scams people. She's an anorexic mm. who just tries to, and not in the <laughs> not in the way that you have to feel bad for that person, but in the way that she's yeah, actively no. yeah. trying to get other people on board with her. And yeah, her MLM right. anorexia is so gross. And then her whole thing on the yeah. housewives was just going after who the the head girl in charge would tell her to do, which is just so weak mm-hmm. as a human trait, and it's just so loathsome. As it's like at least get your own personality, yeah. Teddy. Yeah, I think that Teddy, <laughs> I, I mean, Contessa, I mean, it's really only been this season where I've suddenly had that moment where I, where I thought, you know what, Contessa has run her course. Like, I, I've, I've been fine yeah. with her in the past. She's been all right. I've, I've liked her, but I've certainly realized this season she has nothing left to offer. But Teddy, mm. I mean, there, there is like a little part of me that like my heart kind of breaks for her in a very small part of me of like this girl who just mm-hmm. doesn't, let me, let me finish, who doesn't. Um, <laughs> she just doesn't. She, I feel like she's someone who's been shat on her entire life. Like she's just like, "Hi, I'm Teddy," and then people just shit on her. Like you know that Meg, Meg Ryan throws frying pans at her face when she comes over for Thanksgiving, right? <laughs> so, 
So the thing, so I feel bad for her on that on that front. Greasy buttery frying pans with yes. lots of grease on it. Oh, I'm Teddy. She's like, I'm fucking Meg Ryan, and I'm a legend. Who are you? Yeah, but um, but I think that we like Teddy, Teddy though, at first, right? Because her first season, she yeah. was like that. It's like she's a shy girl. What's she doing with yeah. all these popular girls? Yeah, yeah. She's her just... big thing was like she was mad that Dorit was late to lunch and made her wait. And like we yeah. loved, which I actually like, we were so that. into yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, we were really into that. That was awesome. Yeah, but and I say what you will, Teddy came for people like. She was annoying, mm-hmm. but I know people also don't really like Eileen, but I loved, I loved Eileen, Eileen because Eileen was another one that was mm-hmm. like, I have something on my mind and I'm going to talk to you. About over it. and, and over it was like, again. It was this, if Eileen yeah. just didn't have the same thing, I mean, it was literally, darling, okay, I'm so, so, what do you mean? All right, I'm sorry. I'm Why are you sorry? Well, I'm sorry because I made the joke about your affair. No, no. But why are you really sorry? I'm sorry yeah. that I embarrassed you in yeah. front of people. But why are you really sorry? I'm sorry I made an offense. Right. Okay, we're let's hug. Then they hug. The next time they get together, I'm so mad about that. I mean, Eileen. I felt like Eileen had a a streak of OCD where she needed it in a certain format and it had to be packaged in a certain way, even the apology, and only then she could die. Which I actually understand because I'm like that as well. But I think where it didn't work for Eileen is that she came on and it's like, look at this soap opera legend who's on the show. Like, ooh, they got Eileen Davidson. And she's just sort of, she has big waspy energy, which I don't know why Mm -hmm. she doesn't, she didn't do anything to earn it but she just has waspy energy which automatically yeah. anyone who has waspy like lady wasp energy i'm always like bowing down i'm like thank you for coming onto my tv but she is like <laughs> like she's sort of like her vibe should have been you know season one lisa vanderpump she should have been totally on she should have mm-hmm. when she asked for an apology from lisa and she didn't get it she should have been like that's fine you are now we are now in a uh, a war of passive aggression and i'm gonna destroy you because i'm more famous than you and i have more power and i have i have like you know like i'm eileen davidson but she kind of supplicated herself to lisa yeah. trying to get that apology and it was yeah. it made the audience i didn't turn on her but it made the audience turn on her i did and i was a huge fan before mm-hmm. she went on the show from days of our lives i used to love it and she's she was great on it i mean mm-hmm. still is but i don't watch yeah. it anymore but yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you know jack hayes on yeah. days of our lives okay anyway i heard that but, I yeah, what? Teddy, what? I heard that so i think with teddy it's back on the dvr i'll tell you once i watch it (laughs) i think teddy just became chronically uninteresting in her second and third season she just she became a minion but she just wasn't you know like she like once every six or seven episodes she'd crack one joke that'd be like oh that was kind of funny teddy but like she just she to me why i started to dislike her is she reminded me of so many of just like the like uninteresting moms around Brentwood walking around in yoga pants yeah. talking about green juice. And it, it was like, it was like that movie. This is 40, which is one of the worst movies I ever saw in my mm-hmm. life. She was like that. <laughs> she was that. Yeah. She encompassed yeah. that. I think chronically uninteresting is the best phrase I've heard so far. So I'm going to write it down. I'm going to be using it at work somewhere. This is so awesome. Chronically uninteresting. <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, and here, so here's the thing. I I I did I did meet her at the at the premiere party mm. for whatever for her the second <laughs> lights are changing in Ronnie's God room. just showed up I in Ronnie's room. It's like Teddy guys, Teddy guys. Oh <laughs> really? We have the same remote. And oh wow! Texted me and was like, or messaged me and was like, here's how you change the remote buttons. See, I have to yeah. I thought I did it right, but it just turned on by it. Oh, see. Oh wow! Wow. That's like the club, uh, end of the night club yeah, like, lights yeah, coming yeah. on it's and saying, go home. A reminder yeah. that you're all really lonely <laughs> and regular lighting. Go home. Yeah, I think that's, I, I like, think with, so 
I, you know, my favorite thing is to crystallize why I dislike someone or why I like someone. And I sort of have to talk through it before. And you'd think I would know it by now. But I think that with Teddy, it's not just that she was uninteresting. It's just that she she was uninteresting in the way that she went after Lisa and later Denise. She was un like she, there was no conviction. There was she was just I think doing that what I because the other yeah. ladies. That's what my problem. It's like yes. everyone else was. Yes. She wanted to be cool with Kyle and all those other ladies, and she did yes. their dirty work every mm-hmm. single time. It just made me freaking crazy. Yeah, like yeah. like Lisa Renna yeah. is just like shameless. She just shameless. She like love it. She's just like mm. why did you do that? Huh? Huh? Like like she she just sort of <laughs> comes in like a like a like a, Such a bulldog like a mutt. She's a hustler. She's a hustler. Yeah. She's owning it. I like well, that. Yeah. So I, I just like have that. to add that back in Eileen's season, that was another reason Eileen, if you really look back and think about it, mm-hmm. that's why Eileen was constantly going for Vanderpump because Lisa Rinna, Lisa Rinna mm-hmm. was always starting that yeah. shit. She was always like, really? Oh, really? You're okay with Vanderpump? <laughs> what was the apology again? Oh, and that's an <laughs> apology to you? <laughs> it is. That's good for you. Okay, Eileen, if that's good for you. She'd be like, you're right. I'm going to go back and get another apology and this one's going to be right. And so she'd do it again and then she'd come back and tell Lisa Renna and she'd be like, oh, and had to go. Oh, and that's an apology, Eileen. And it would just go <laughs> over. And then we've seen throughout the yeah. seasons that Lisa Renna, you know, after accusing Vanderpump of being so manipulative and this and that, Lisa Renna's been doing it this whole time. It's like she took that over. Yeah. But you know, I could watch like three seasons of Eileen and Lisa Renna and Lisa Vanderpump fighting like that. I don't know why. Well, I just in think comparison, it's just to I love you guys the in, in comparison, really too, right? <laughs> I mean, there are so many times where yeah. we've been like, this season sucks. And then now it's yeah. like, wow, that season, that. That was like classic, so really, good. compared to I actually, the actually couple. Yeah, I actually really liked yeah. the Lucy Lucy Apple Juice season until Lisa left, and then when she left, it's kind of like the yes. air was sucked out of it. Like that, like the the show should have sort of ended after that, and then they tried to that. I just will always be scarred by that trip to France. Yeah, I just, yeah. That big, it was the worst trip. We needed that big smackdown was... of Vanderpump finally just saying, you know what, fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck. Going down the yeah. line, just ripping these people to yes. shreds, you know, with her. Lisa Vanderpump has. She should have herself. said goodbye. I wanted her to say goodbye to every one of them. Mm-hmm. Like, goodbye, Kyle. Goodbye, <laughs> yes. Goodbye, Erica. Goodbye, yes. Lisa. You, I think, you skank yes. sleeping with a grandpa for money. You depend yeah. seller, you know, yeah. selling your children like a pimp. Yeah. You direct. Oh, you yeah. make money and you're like just go down the line and just take them down she was just yeah. like i will finish yeah. my kitchen instead i was like oh boo <laughs> <laughs> she's she yeah. way too bothered by this thing like so kyle richard like kyle richard's a bad friend to her so she's gonna leave the entire show she was too bothered for something so stupid she should have been like you know in the early seasons she was unbothered by everything which is why she was great she was just rich she didn't care that she was rich and she just watched the women squirm mm-hmm. and she would fuck with them mm-hmm. and yeah. that was that and that's why we tuned in. Mm-hmm. And she started to care a little bit too much. And I've said it about a bajillion times that Kyle Richards, her big problem is that after season one, she has been very, very concerned about her image. And she she has really not let her real self out. And we you can see when someone's not being authentic. You just can see it on these shows. The camera doesn't lie. We pick up on it. The audience is sophisticated. We understand these things. And so Kyle wasn't being herself. And then she picks up Teddy. And I think that maybe the reason why Teddy ultimately failed is she got too much of Kyle's stink on her, you know? 
They just wind up doing. Yeah. How can you say that when Kyle just wants to be open and honest? Just be open and honest. Open and honest. <laughs> well, that happens every time someone lets himself yeah. be used as a henchman. You know, they're boring and people yeah. see right through it and then they get kicked off. I wanted to say I really felt bad when I saw this, but it would be a lie. After Teddy got fired and she came on Instagram, because that same week she had also gotten <laughs> called out for all of her, you know, anorexia MLM shit. And yeah. so her yeah. whole mm-hmm. life was basically crumbling. I'm so, I'm so evil. <laughs> and then she came it's on fine. Instagram and she was crying and she's like, guys. The joy on your face right like, now. You know what? The, co- the cool thing for me to do would be like to come on here and to say I'm not bothered by any of it. But it sucks. And it hurts. <laughs> and... I like that she said and that. She was, she was crying and I was like, ah! I like I pressed left like ten times to just keep up. And I knew I knew how evil it was, but I was like, you did this to yourself, Teddy. I like I like that she did that because most most other housewives when they get fired, they say well, I've decided to move on with the journey. I've had a wonderful time. But, you know, sometimes, you know, in life there's a road and there's a split in the road and you go left and then someone else goes to the right. And next thing you know, you're at the beach. You're like, you got fucking fired. Stop it. But yeah. Lisa, I like that she was like, I got fired and it sucks. Oh, well, sorry I was boring to you guys. I, it's like, I like that. I like that part of Teddy. And I wish there was more of it. Yeah. Bye, Teddy. So that's it for the first part of our Watch What Crappens, Ben and Ronnie extravaganza. It was a magical, magical couple of hours. And so we are going to put out the second half of this episode for our Saturday episode. Hopefully nothing crazy happens in Housewives World that we don't get to report on, but it's fine because we can just talk about it next week. If you want to hear our thoughts on Summer House, we do recommend heading over to the Dumpster Dive podcast. We did an episode with them that came out on Monday to talk about last week's Summer House. So definitely catch that if you want the Summer House content from us. But you can find us everywhere, as you know, at the reality is pod and of course watch what crappens is everywhere podcasts are heard we hope you love this episode we'll talk to you on saturday bye